The Bearcats' best player delivered when his team absolutely needed him the most. And I'll tell you why this could be the start of a run to the NCAA tournament for the Bearcats. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Judas Priest would say, I'm living after midnight recording this for today's show. Lockdown Bearcats is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, free and available everywhere that you get your podcasts, including right here on YouTube. So don't forget to subscribe to our Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel. Hit that follow button to follow us to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. I'm Alex Frank, your host each and every day here on Lockdown Bearcats. First off, what a spectacular game last night for the by the Cincinnati Bearcats. And the Temple Owls, the Bearcats getting the win 88-83 to in overtime. That was fun. Uh, that was a great game to be at, enjoying my time being there, covering the game, interacting with my colleagues on the beat. Saw some people I haven't seen in a while. What a fantastic game. Late season, both teams giving every ounce of everything that they had. Just a spectacular night. A basketball in fifth third arena. My biggest takeaway is this. Landers Nolly was so clutch when his team needed him most. Landers Nolly won the game for the Cincinnati Bearcats last night. Landers Nolly, after missing the game-winning shot at the end of regulation, four for four in overtime. He hit the first shot of overtime, and every time Temple had an answer, he had an answer back. Four for four from the field. And it wasn't like they was four threes. They were four high percentage shots close to the basket, creating shots for his team and willing them to victory. And I'm thinking about this after the game. Landers Nolly has been here before. Landers Nolly has experience playing at the power five level and in games where his team has a lot riding on it. Going into the month of March, Landers Nolly is in his fifth season of college basketball. He redshirted his first season at Virginia Tech, didn't play at all. He played 32 games the following year and averaged 15 and a half points per game, then transferred to Memphis. That year in 2020 21, the Tigers won the NIT tournament. You don't, have, you, you don't have to put a lot of stock into that, but they still won the NIT. The following year, They go to the NCAA tournament. They beat Boise State in the first round and had Gonzaga on the ropes in the second round. Nolly averaged just under 10 points per game. He has experience playing at the Power 5 level and on teams playing meaningful games heading into the month of March. He is exactly who the Bearcats need. He's exactly who David DeJulius needs because he has experience playing in these kinds of games. You think about the magnitude of the game last of the game last night. Both teams are 9 and 6 in AAC play. The winner as I said in the preview yesterday, the winner continu- gets a firm grasp on the 4 seed and still has a shot of running down Memphis for the 3 seed. And Landers Nolly in the most crucial 5 minutes of the season was clutch. 
And it wasn't like he hit some big-time three or fadeaway jumper had this epic dunk. It was just four simple, good, high-percentage shots. And what's interesting to me, and Wes Miller echoed the sentiment after the game, Wes Miller talked about how this team has been, has been growing in situations like this. They didn't respond to missing the game-winning shot at Tulane. And that was a three-ball from DeJulius. They did tonight. They didn't need to shoot threes in overtime. The overtime box score for the Cincinnati Bearcats. Four for four from the field, five of six from the line, no threes. Four rebounds, two assists, only one turnover. That's getting it done. That's being efficient. And the Bearcats, yes, are a shooting first team. What are a shooting team? That's their identity. Wes Miller said that last night after the game. But they did so many other things well last night to win the game. Particularly Landers Nolly, who transferred here in conference, transferred to Cincinnati. And he has been as advertised, if not better. That is how good a basketball he's playing right now. Coming into tonight, he was averaging 16.3 points per game. And, and what's interesting to me is that he once again was having a quiet night. First half, he goes one of five, only has three points. Second half goes two for seven, gets eight points. So he's at 11. In overtime, he scores nine points and goes four for four from the field, plus minus five in overtime. And it goes to show you it's not how you start, it's how you finish. That's exactly what Landers Nolly did last night. He won the Bearcats the game in the most crucial five minutes of the season. You could argue that overtime last night makes or breaks the season. If Cincinnati blows another lead again, last night the Cincinnati Bearcats, their largest lead was nine points at the 13-17 mark of the second half. They're up seven with over just over two minutes to go. Sounds familiar. The two-lane game. Landers Nolly did. Landers Nolly willed this team to victory. This team's best player was its most clutch player in the most crucial five minutes of the season. And given his experience playing in the NIT and leading the team to an NIT title and being on a team that has played in the NCAA tournament, last year Landers Nolly in the conference tournament helped lead Memphis to the championship game. That can only help the Bearcats in their championship quest, which is now in full steam ahead. If Landers Nolly plays like that, like he did in overtime last night, the rest of the season, this Bearcats team has an opportunity to make some serious noise in the month of March. On Sunday at Memphis, SMU next week, and the conference tournament, who is to say that this team cannot win the conference tournament? If Landers Nolly shows up like that and the Bearcats do the other things they did really well last night, they were much better rebounding against Temple this this time around. Their shot selection was really good. And I I just felt like this team overcame so much last night. They overcame a slow start. They overcame Temple rallying to tie the game. They overcame Temple throwing haymaker after haymaker in overtime. 
with a guy like Landers Nolly being this team's best player, if he can also be the mo- this, this team's most clutch player, we know David Adjulius is, but now Landers Nolly is? Boy, this team has some serious weaponry. That's why this team, I truly think, can make some noise in the conference tournament. Potentially in the month of March, because Landers Nolly has been here before. Landers Nolly has been here before. Now he's going to help the Bearcats hopefully this year. Cincinnati is now 19 and 10. Overall, 10 and 6 in AAC play. 10 wins in American Athletic Conference play. Last year, this team won seven. This team is vastly improved. They're a much better shooting team. They're a much better offensive team. And quite frankly, they're a pretty good defensive team when the, in spurts. Consistently, maybe not. But in spurts, this is a really good defensive team. I'll share my other thoughts on the game coming up after I tell you how this episode of Lockdown Bearcats is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The midway point of the NBA season is here. Now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then, excuse me, you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drain. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets. When you go to FanDuel.com slash Lockdown, that's FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Thanks again for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Make sure you check out our brand new podcast, excuse me, Lockdown College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place, plus hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players, Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Alex Frank back with you right here on Locked on Bearcats. Cincinnati, 88-83 to winners in overtime last night over Temple. You want to talk about the intensity of that game. You want to talk about the magnitude of, Going in, you want to talk about just just both teams giving everything they had. That's what that game was last night. It was a high-quality college basketball game. It's not a Power 5 game, but if the Bearcats can win games like that against Temple, a good Temple team, that gives me a lot of confidence going into Sunday at Memphis, going into the conference tournament in two weeks, and going into the Big 12. Because there are going to be nights like that, like this in the Big 12. The Bearcats last night took punch after punch, and they were the last team standing. And think about how far this team has come, why this team is so vastly improved. Because earlier in the season, they let games like this slip away. They let it happen against Houston, Tulane, and East Carolina. But what's happened in the two games since East Carolina? They've found ways to win. And what's really impressive is they won last night after Victor Locken fouled out with three minutes to go in regulation. Victor Locken didn't have a prolific game. I thought he had a solid game in his first game back from injury. But you still were without your starting your starting big man for the last three minutes of regulation and overtime. And Odio Guama was in foul trouble that whole time. But and you found a way to win. 
you found a way to win the game. You found a way to win the game when David DeJulius has an off night shooting. You found a way to win the game when Jeremiah Davenport isn't splashing threes from Kentucky. You found a way to win the game when Temple's second best scorer takes complete control and scores 32 points. But you made him work for those 32 points. And I get it. There were some frustrating things about this game. The officiating wasn't very good. I'm not going to get into that. I don't talk about officiating, even if it costs the team the game. Spoiler alert, officials never cost Cincinnati the game or any team the game. You as fans might think that. They really don't, I think. I didn't think they were great last night. I thought there were some very questionable calls, but every big game is going to have that. Every big game is going to have questionable calls. I thought the... I thought the intensity of the game was off the charts. I thought the crowd was incredible for a Wednesday night. It was, it was great to feel that. And it really confirms to me that Bearcats basketball is on the right track. I mean, I, I keep asking people because I still have these doubts about Wes Miller. But last night, I think, erased them for me. Wes Miller is absolutely the right head coach for this program. I keep asking people if they think he is. They keep telling me, they keep telling me no doubt he is. Because now you're starting to see it show up in the win column. This team, since losing to Houston, since being five and four in conference play, they're five and two. They're five and two. It's just the two losses are so aggra- are so aggravating that. They're clouding what this team has really done well over the last three weeks. They have played some incredible basketball at times. And it's why I still have a lot of faith in this team the rest of the season, wherever it leads. NCAA tournament, NIT, it's going to lead somewhere. This team is so vastly improved. How about Dan Skillings Jr.? You want to talk about hope for the future and promise for the future? Look at this guy, a freshman, and last night he had 15 points on a very efficient 6 of 8 shooting from the field, 3 of 4 from 3, did turn the ball over twice, but you're going to get a lot of production from him. How about David DeJulius, willing his way to 20 points, despite only being 5 of 15 from the floor. You wonder how he got to 20 points? Nine for nine from the free throw line. Seven assists. Throw that in there. 43 minutes. Plus minus four. Third on the team last night. I'm sorry, fourth on the team. Somehow Josh Reed had a plus minus of seven. I guess because he had an assist. That's where his only numbers in three minutes of play. But good that that was good from Josh Reed. How about Jeremiah Davenport? Only took four shots last night. Is that a career low? Might be. Davenport scores 10 points on only four shots, four four from the line, six rebounds, only one turnover, and a steal in 31 minutes. Second highest plus minus on the team is seven tied with Josh Reed. I mean, that was you want to talk about a perform you want to talk about an unsung hero last night. That's who Davenport was. 
And it's just so great to see him grow into his role. He doesn't have to be the star. He's doing enough to help this team win games. We know David DeJulius is. We know Dan Skillings Jr. is. By the way, how great was it to see Trey Scott in the building last night? And you know what's interesting? What's interesting? You know what? You know what last night's game remind, reminds me of? I, I wrote this on all Bearcats. David DeJulius' performance last night reminded me of Jaron Cumberland against Wichita State in 2020. Jaron Cumberland willed his way to 24 points in that game. And I can tell you the numbers from that game. By the way, Landers Nolly now is averaging 16.4 points per game, shooting 46.3% from the floor and 41.7% from three. Julius is still shooting 43.6% from the floor, 38.4 from three. He's averaging 14.6 points per game. It's incredible what this team is doing offensively. But last night's game, so it's interesting. Trey Scott was in the building last night. He was recognized. One of my all-time favorite players. Remember the end of that 2020 season? It's a shame we never got to see it really play out. Trey Scott. There were two games, were there two? Yeah, two games that I vividly remember. And I called both games for Bearcast Media. By the way, great to see them continuing the show. They are doing a fantastic job. So Trey Scott that season had 25 and 19 against Memphis. And then the following week had 22 and 21 against UCF. He was putting up numbers that we hadn't seen since Kenya Martin. That's how good he. That's how good he was. There was another player from the '80s that was being mentioned as well. I forget his name, but it goes to show you. Last night's game reminds reminded me of so many games from that 2019-20 season, and David DeJulius's performance reminded me so much of Jaron Cumberland in that game against Wichita State, because. He got 20 points last night, but he had to work his way there. Jared Cumberland, in that game against Wichita State, 24 points, 3 of 11 from the field. How did he get to 24 points? 16 of 22 from the line. Willing himself to the line, barreling his, himself into the barreling himself into the paint where there was a heavy traffic every possession. Mo Egger tweeted that was one of Jaron Cumberland's best performances. Something about that was one of Jaron Cumberland's best performances. The fact that he was able to get to 24 points despite only making three shots. Not to mention he was only two of five from three. Last night's game reminded me of that. The intensity of it was like Memphis in 2020. DeJulius' performance reminded me of Jaron Cumberland. Trey Scott was in the building. We know what he did down the stretch in 2020. Perhaps this team is going to maybe catch that momentum. you got two games left to do it. Memphis on Sunday, which is going to be an absolute barn burner, and SMU next Sunday, which may be a barn burner. And it's interesting. This team is starting to win close games. This team has blown nine-point leads in the second half in each of their previous two games, and they found a way to win both of those games. I wrote after the ECU game, you can expect this team to, to blow any lead. 
Now I'm starting to think, okay, they're going to find a way to win games. And it has taken this team, yes, deep into the second season to do that. But they're doing it now. They've won 10 conference games. 10 conference games. For a team that at times you really didn't know where the season was going, they're one win away from getting to 20 wins this season. That is an improvement. This team is vastly improved. You may have some key players coming back next year for your first run in the Big 12. And if you're wondering if Wes Miller is the guy for the job, last night confirmed to me that he 100% is. I'm on board with what, with what he's doing. Because this team is all about the panache and the flair and the finesse offensively. But they do they do other things defensively. And they do other things on offense that help them win games like this. They just beat UCF for a quad one win. And now they just beat Temple. Avenging their loss. I mean, 46 to 28 was the rebounding total on New Year's Day in Philadelphia. Last night, it was 35-29 in the Bearcats' favor. And the Bearcats didn't really do a lot of ball movement. It was a hard game, but a game they pulled out. That's what I'm most proud about. And again, Landers Nolly, this team's best player, most clutch player last night. That could be something that starts and ignites, excuse me, a run to the NCAA tournament. My stars of the game coming up after a word from two of our sponsors. Let's get into it. I've got four stars tonight, or today, I should say. Four stars of the game. Let's get into it. Number one, David DeJulius. This team's leader, I I, I said it, he reminded me of Jaron Cumberland last night. Willing his team to victory. It was not pretty. But he found a way to get to the free throw line. He found a way to distribute the ball. Seven assists in a game, by the way, where Cincinnati only had 13. DeJulius had seven. Adams Woods had four. Excuse me, Victor Locken and Josh Reed each had one. Julius had over half the team's assists. He's impacting the game in more ways than one. I, th- I thought he, there was a... And one of the real interesting sequences in this game was in the first half, Temple goes up by five, and West Miller calls timeout because Temple's getting every easy look. Bearcats end up clawing their way back to tie the game. But there was a stretch. So this is 941 left in the, in the first half. Bearcats tie the game. The Julius creates a, creates a foul. On Temple's Jaleel White. Gets free, gets three free throws, makes all three. Bearcats eventually end that run seven to nothing to go up by two. And I don't think they ever trailed again. So you want to talk about a game-changing sequence. Led by DeJulius' three made free throws. How smooth he is. Yeah, I'm watching him in warm-ups yesterday. And I like to get to the games early to watch warm-ups and see the arena come alive. And I see, and I'm watching DeJulius warm-up, and I'm watching how smooth his stroke is. Free throw line, top of the key, you know, three-point range. He's so smooth. It's so, he's he's repped it so many times that it's like automatic for him to do what he's doing. And that's what you love most about him. I say he's so dependable. 
gets 20 points on only five main shots and nine free throws. He also made a three last night. I mean, what he's doing right now, he doesn't have next year. This is it for him. I'm going to bet you, you might see a different side of him come out in these next few weeks. He knows what's on the line. So the Julius is star number one. Number two, Dan Skillings Jr. To quote John Rothstein, you should have bought stock a long time ago. Off the bench, six of eight, which is extremely impressive. 15 points, three of four from three. And he's doing, Dan Skillings, in his numbers this season, we can look at his individual numbers. Right now, he's averaging just under five points per game as a freshman. He's shooting 36 points from the floor. He's pulling down 3.4 rebounds a game. He still needs to take care of the ball better. But he's not afraid to take big shots. He's taken 57 three-point attempts this year. And if we look at individually what he's done, his first season with the Bearcats, and how far he has come, you're going to see that tonight, or last night, 15 points. The freshman from Blackwood, New Jersey. 15 points, career high. Had 11 at South Florida, had 14 against Bryant. Will now make 15 against Temple as career high. And the potential for him is sky high. And in a game where the Bearcats needed everything they needed to have, Dan Skillings Jr. was that off the bench. Electrifying the crowd with acrobatic shots and three-point shots. That's what you want to see. And that was only in 15 minutes of play. Number three, Landers Nally the second. You want to talk about, again, taking over the game and not just knocking and not making it rain from three. He just got simple looks, created his own shots, four for four. Bearcats never trailed in overtime because of Landers Nally. And when your best player is your most clutch player, that could start a run towards the tournament. Got Nolly at number three. Number four, Victor Lockett. I thought last night, I, I didn't come away wowed, but I came away that he's, again, you just feel more comfortable with him in the lineup. And no, that's no offense to Odio Guama or Kalua Zikpe, who both I thought played well last night. But it's just so... It's just so... There's a sense of comfort when you have Lockett in your lineup. Because you know you can throw the ball in the paint. He's going to work to get a good shot. He's going to defend. He's going to pass. He's going to do all these things that make him the player that he is. And thankfully, when he fouled out, the Bearcats never wavered. That's what you want to see from this team. This team has a lot of potential. It just maybe took them a little while to, to realize it and to get it going. But they just might be catching fire at the right time. And, again, we don't know what seed they're actually going to be in the conference tournament, if they're going to be able to run down Memphis. You don't know if they're going to be able to hold on to that four seed and what's going to happen in the conference tournament. But there is just this feeling of watching this team play. And you ask yourself, how can they not beat any other team? By the way, Tulane losing to Houston by 30 last night. They dropped to 10-4. and 
and you look at the updated standings, if they are updated, at the time of this recording in the American Athletic Conference. The Bearcats are 10-6. and six. They're only a game and a half back of Memphis. If they beat Memphis on Sunday. They go to 11-6. and six. Memphis drops to 10-5. and five. Two teams are now tied with a split in the series this season. And Cincinnati beat Tulane once. Memphis never did. Cincinnati might have an opportunity to get into that three spot and can avoid Houston until the conference championship game, which is what is all about. Coming up later today at 1230, Russ Heltman joins me for our weekly live room, and we invite you to join us during your lunch hour to uh, ask us questions and comments, and uh, we'll talk last night last night's game and win. We'll talk about Sunday showdown in Memphis. We'll talk about the Bearcats hiring Brad Glenn as the new offensive coordinator in the wake of Tom Manning leaving for the NFL and look ahead a little bit to the start of spring ball. It's going to be a fun, fun afternoon. We invite you to join us. Thanks, as always, for making Locked On Bearcats your first listen of every day. For your second listen, check out our brand-new podcast, Locked On College Basketball Experts. Excuse me. Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus, hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I am on Twitter at Frankie underscore 90 with two N's. NNATI, Instagram, Alex Frank, and underscore, and email alex3frank at gmail.com. I'm Alex Frank for Lockdown Bearcats. Have a great rest of your day. Russ and I are back at 12.30 this afternoon for our live room. Hope you can join us. If you are listening to this after 12.30 and miss the live room, don't worry. It'll be podcasted tomorrow for you to enjoy. Ooh, excuse me. I'm Alex Frank for Lockdown Bearcats. Have a great rest of your day. And more importantly, happy National Chili Day to all of you. Enjoy some Skyline Chili today. If you're feeling good and hungry, which you should be, and I will talk to you with Russ at 1230 today. I'm Alex Frank for Lockdown Bearcats, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.